So we're going to do that. Darlene, we're going to just share for a few moments on some little, uh, little tidbits that maybe you didn't know on black history. Amen? So to receive my wife, Darlene Moss. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord. And remember to take vitamin D. Because <laughs> we got a lot going on in this church, amen? You know, I just want to quickly say that I, I knew people from Ukraine that I taught with. And then I never heard that much about it. But I remember that when uh, the Soviet Union busted up, the Ukraine uh, was like free immediately. It was an amazing day uh, for the Ukraine. And then I never really heard about it much more until something about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And then all of a sudden it was all in the news and now it's in the news again. So I just uh, implore you to take, uh, they're asking us to take at nine o'clock every day for 21 days to just pray, 9 p.m. and to pray for the Ukraine for two minutes. And just, this uh, mirrors what was done in World War II for the Allied troops. So we just want to remember them in prayer. Thank you for those who know people there. And, of course, I know people who have been missionaries to Russia, too. So I thank God for it all. Well, uh, this is the last Sunday of Black History Month. And so we were just going to do uh, a couple things on black history to even though black history is every day of the year, thank God. And just like all of our history is every day, we're always making history, amen? amen? And so, praise God. The first person I want to talk about and share with you is Josephine Baker, if you did not already have never heard of her. Some of you are maybe too young to know who Josephine Baker is. But Josephine Baker was born in St. Louis, and she was a tremendous talent but she was never well received here. She was most received in Paris. And so she moved her residence, her domicile, to France. So, and I tell you, through this COVID, haven't we learned about all, so many countries of the world and what's going on in all these countries? So, praise God, Josephine Baker ended up, she became an entrepreneur in many ways, and she made so much money from her entrepreneurship that she decided to adopt 12 children. And they were from all different ethnic groups because she wanted to show that we could all live together. And she said that she, she would not let people call her of the black race. She said, I am from the human race. And so she, and even with that, she, when she came over here, she would not perform where everybody would not be able to go, even though she was coming up in Jim Crow time and that. So uh, she did do that, and she also was a spy against the Nazis in World War II. And so she, um, well, she, when she died in 1975, she had full military honors in France because she became a citizen of France. Praise God for Josephine Baker. The reason I really bring her up is because she adopted those children. And I'm telling you, should Roe overturn, which we pray it does, we got to start thinking about adopting children, folks. We have got to. 
all of you younger people, of course, but I got a lot of grandkids. But anyway, <laughs> but we have got to realize that these children have to be adopted, and how wonderful them to be adopted by godly families. Praise God. So let's pray about that. And she's an example for sure. Okay, the other person I want to share about is Dr. Mildred Jefferson. And she was one of the first graduates of the Harvard University Medical School. And I'm just going to let the little video play here. Praise God. Even though she was known as a, a, one of the first doctors, her life became acclaimed because of her work in pro-life. And I'm, I hope we can actually hear her. Okay, here it is. It is unconscionably unfair that the victim selected on which to test the social remedy of expendable lives is the most defenseless member of the human family the unborn child who cannot escape, cannot riot in the streets, and cannot vote. As a woman, I am ashamed that the voices raised loudest in this demand to destroy the unborn children are those of other women. So I really honor the memory. She died in 19, wait a minute, 2010. She died in 2010. So I just missed meeting her at some meetings. And I just want to thank God for her life, though, because she was so precious and is a precious remembrance of what black history is all about. God bless you. Thank you. Praise God. And we're also asking, we're asking everybody to be praying because tomorrow, Monday, our U.S. Senate is going to vote on a law, so-called uh, women's reproduction rights, that in it will cancel all the state laws on abortion. And so what they're saying is they want to be able to kill a baby up to nine months if that law passes. So I'm going to ask you to pray that God will bring confusion to those, I don't even call them statesmen, but they're even crazy for even bringing the house passes. It's crazy. It's evil. So please pray that that would go down in Jesus' name. Amen. So we thank God. Let's look. I want to look at the word. Amen. And uh, there's two passages of scripture. I'm going to start off in the book of Acts. Acts 17, verse 26. Amen. And have made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might fulfill after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of, of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are 
the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Lord, we look to you today. We humble our hearts. We submit ourselves to you. Holy Spirit, move on us. In Christ's name we pray. Let the church say amen. One blood. Say that with me. One blood. So, you know, it doesn't matter the, the pigmentation of my skin. I get a plenty of vitamin D when I go out in the sun, too. Amen. Amen. Because when you break it down, all of our blood is the same color. So we're all a part of the human family, amen, of God's family. You're my family, amen? And I tell you, yesterday when I was standing in front of the Amish and the Mennonites, dressed in their, whatever, their garb, it touched my heart. And it was off the script. I wasn't planning on doing that, but the Holy Spirit. And then at the end, I said, we're going to lay hands. We're going to anoint everybody in here. There was another minister there, and we did. And out of amazement, people were falling out. <laughs> it was a God thing. It was, I hear Amanda and Yuri talking about their experience, but... That's, that's foreign language to me. But to be in a room with them and to worshiping God together with them, it was awesome. It was a breaking down barriers. And that's, what, that's what the purpose of God. The Bible says, uh, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And it's the devil that want to keep you and I divided. Amanda mentioned about, and I heard that word about, you know, dealing with depression. And when she said that, I wrote down this, fear. Fear and depression are cousins, are, are brothers and sister. Because if there's depression, then there's some areas, you know, we feel, we feel like we failed some, something in our life or something or somebody. Why did I get sick? Why did I this? Why, 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 why? And then what is fear? False evidence appearing real. That's why we got to walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by our feelings. It's real. Fear is real because men, men, say men. We, get, we deal with depression. And we don't like people to know about it. We don't, especially we don't want our wives, our friends. We don't want nobody to know it. We're going through depression. And it's something you have to press through. Amen. I like what R.W. Schoenbach used to say. You've got to grab hold of the horns of the altar and don't let go. Yeah, we're praying, we're praying for Ukraine. One of my closest pastor friends in Canton, Pastor Chuck Schumacher, he's been there. He has a church there, church that started a couple years ago, have over 800 people. And he was in our newspaper this week talking about Ukraine. We prayed for them. We're praying for them. 
But there's a holocaust going on every day in the, in the United States. Babies being killed. Over 3,000 babies a week, a day, a, a week in America being slaughtered. Their blood, innocent blood being spilled. Crying out to God. So that's why we do what we do. That's why God called us into that ministry. Amen. But in there, notice what it said in, in, in Acts. It said, verse 29, we are the offspring of God. We're in the we are created, we are created in the image of God. And that's why the devil don't like you when you get saved. Because you, now you're in his image. So I had to go. When he had, Brother Weaver asked me, I had to go to the Amish. And matter of fact, when we went uh, Friday, we got, our GPS got us lost. <laughs> we really weren't lost. We was only only uh, uh, 500 feet from where the place was at. We were on 62. We, it took us to turn left, but the first street, it said turn left. But no, we, somebody came at us, and all we needed to do was go down one more street. But they came and got us. Amen. Why? Because they wanted us to be there. It's like Jesus died on the cross for us, that we be unified. So there's a movement going around in the United States that some people are saying that the Old Testament is done. It's not relevant. They're especially moving this into our millennials, the young people. They're saying the Old Testament is not relevant. How many of you know that's a lie? You can't have the old from the new and the new from the together. It's one Bible. So I'm saying that, folks, we've got to stay connected with God. When I read the word of God, when I when I ask, I pray to Jesus, I'm reading, I'm even in my worship, I'm worshiping God, his word. He is Genesis through Revelation. There's a fight going on for your soul. And it said in verse 30, in the times of this ignorance, God winked at. But now command of all men everywhere to repent. So what he's saying is God said, I'm not, gonna, I'm not winking anymore. God said, you all been in this land long enough as black people, white people, Hispanic people, and every other people, you've been living here together for so long, ain't no need for y'all to hate each other. There's no excuse. So you have to do something about it. Amen? You have to do something about it. So I, I, when I look at you and you look at me, I can't look at you as just there's that as that there's old white Jordan over there, Jordan and his beautiful uh, fiance that I'm going to be performing their their wedding in September. No, I see it as my brother in Christ. 
Uh, there's a young man. Stand up, young man. I, he was at the meetings. I met him. He was one of the young men in the meeting there here at least Friday, that Friday night, right? And we talked. And, and we gave him a word of prophecy. And afterward, he came up to me and asked me some questions. And we communicated. And he's here today. Amen. God bless you, brother. Amen. And as we were finishing yesterday, as I was, you know, standing around, Amish people were coming up to me to shake my hand and to hug me. And that broke down, that broke down a lot of stuff in my head, a lot of my prejudice toward them. Amen. Now we if we allow all of this, how we think about people, if we allow it to be in our hearts, then the and then Acts 1 and 8, the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift of God's Spirit, it can't work through us. His power, the, that word was God would give us the Holy Ghost, and that word was dunamis, right? Dynamite, power, and all of the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. So there's a lady, uh, a, a lady in Canton that in the 80s when we started the pregnancy uh, center, she was on our original board, and I didn't even remember but what happens, she knows my wife more it, it closer to her than I am, but we found out that she was in the in hospice care. And I the Lord said, You need to go see her. So I told Darlene, let's go see her last week. And so we went to see her, and she was telling me all this history that I forgot that she was a part when we started. She worked and it was beautiful, but she was laying in this bed in hospice. And so we were leaving, and I said, Well, we're gonna pray for you, and we prayed. And, you know, when you pray for people, we, we are not the healer. God is. And, uh, and so we prayed, and she was saying that at first they gave her two to four weeks to live. And then she said the, her doctor came in that day and told her that she's really in good, looking good. And she said, well, we think now it's going to be more than four weeks. And so my wife went to see her yesterday before we left to go down uh, to Millersburg area, and uh, Darlene went in, talked to her, and then we found out they said, you're going home Monday. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and so all we did was pray, lay hands on her, and God did the rest. The Holy Spirit did the rest. All we did was lay hands, and the Holy Spirit did the rest. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. So all we do is what God said, lay hands on the sick, and what else does it say? They shall recover. It didn't say you're going to make them recover, but it says they shall recover. It's in God's hands. And all of you have the same ministry to go out, spread, share the gospel. Amen? Amen? Share the gospel. All right. Our second scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. 
Well, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Somebody say this with me. I have the ministry of reconciliation. Come on, say it again. I have the ministry of reconciliation. And then it said, verse 19, to wit, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. If you're sick, be ye reconciled to God. If you're depressed, be ye reconciled to God. If you're in pain, be ye reconciled to God. If you're on the mountaintop, be reconciled to God. If you're in the valley, be reconciled to God. Whatever state you're in. You see, when we're in our flesh, we want to blame everybody else for our problems. Be ye reconciled to God. A problem with many Christians is we don't walk in the we don't walk in the inner courts. Our experience is not in the inner courts. In the inner courts is where Jesus is. It's like Henry Groover that was here years ago, one of my fathers in the ministry, and he died a couple years ago. And I was here the last time he was here before he died. Amen. And he spoke to us when he was here. He spoke about he was in a meeting at 12 years old with A.A. Allen, amen, the great healing evangelist. And he was at that first meeting where the great 10 in Phoenix, Arizona was. And you remember the story, and it's a true story, that there were so many people in there, and then there were people in wheelchairs. There were all kind of people sick. And remember what he said? They brought a man up on the stage and had a, a towel on his face. And A.A. Allen grabbed the towel, right? threw it down, and, and, and all of a sudden, everybody could see that it was a hole in his face. And A. A. Allen, being the evangelist, prophetic minister that he was, slapped him. <laughs> and immediately after he slapped him, immediately tissue began to grow. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for God to come down. Not only that, when A.A. Allen did that, then the fire commissioner was in there, and he told the people, you got it. he got a megaphone, said, you got to get out. There's fire up there. No, what it was, A.A. Allen grabbed the mic and said, that's not fire. That's the glory of God. And when he said that, and people realized that everybody in the place, as Henry said, Henry said, I went down into the sawdust, and everybody, all the people in the wheelchairs got up out of their wheelchairs, started to run around the place. Everybody that needed a healing got healed. It was the glory of God. That's what I'm talking about. When we fill with the love of God. When we're full with the love of God, we don't care about other people's color of their skin. We don't care what they got on. We just want them to know that they have the love of God. We want to love our neighbors as ourselves. So I'm concerned for America. God bless America, but does he? 
and we're killing these babies. See, there's something. There's God said there's a time you got to repent. Oh, I love America. I love America. I love the church in America. I grew up, I got saved when I was six years old. So all I know in my life is the church of Jesus Christ. But the church is not the church without Jesus. (laughs) I don't want flesh. I don't want what people think. I don't want philosophy. The only course I plunked in college was philosophy. Because they, the professor didn't agree with what I thought about Christianity. So he gave me an F. That was the only course I ever plunked in the university. That's okay. I wasn't going to compromise. Amen? Amen. Uh, my beliefs. <laughs> you have the ministry of reconciliation. See, one of the things that the devil uses with our families, our natural families, as well as our church family, is alienation. See, Darlene shared something at the meeting yesterday, and God gave me a word, alienation, and I didn't, I forgot about it. But, what, but I remember today, and what God was saying, and this is what I was saying, Amanda, to, the, to my uh, Mennonite brothers and Amish brothers, is we've been alienated. And God was bringing us together. There was a bishop there, and he said, I want you to come to my church. I said, you call me, I'll come. (laughs) Amen. Because these are my brothers and my, my brothers and sisters that have been missing from my life. Amen. And like I told him, you need some salt in your, you need some salt in your, I mean, some pepper in your life. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yes. (laughs) Ain't that right, Brenda? (laughs) Amen. We need each other. We need each other. We're getting ready to close because we need each other. I'm, we're going we're gonna to play a song. And if you agree with me, my brothers are here from We The People, brothers and sisters here, We The People. We got people here from off. Medina and my team, people are here. My family's here. My brother Aaron, Minister Aaron, some of you. But we're going to play this song. Talk about, you know, the higher calling, the higher calling, Amanda, on your life. The highest calling is your prayers. It's our prayers to Jesus. When we're at the feet of Jesus, come on, Darlene. When we're at the feet of Jesus, we're unified. No higher calling. And if you need anything from Jesus, come on down and stand with us. Amen.